listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora, and we are back in the new year to talk new Marvel stuff on Disney+. And uh, better late than never, we're beginning with What If Season 2. Now, to be fair to us, Aurora, because I can already hear people screaming about how Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this show is old, and uh, there's Echo is already out now, and you guys are way behind. Number one, uh, the holidays happened, and yep. Aurora has a family and a life, everybody, okay? Yes. And she spent and you know time what? getting sick. New year, new year, new me. <laughs> I have a raspy voice now. Yep. This is the new me. This yes. is this, and you know what? That's incredible because New Year's resolution already stomped out Aurora, and we're only eleven <laughs> days in, and you've already accomplished it. That's impressive. I accomplished it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and Marvel was a big, stupid, meaning jerk, and decided to release these episodes not once a week, but like once a day for like nine yeah. days, and then yeah. uh, at time of recording, they also released Echo all at once. So it's going to be hard to catch up when we usually do a week-to-week sort of thing. And uh, when there aren't holidays in the way, that's usually how we do things. But holidays got in the way. And uh, now we're behind a little bit. But you know what? Uh, At least one of these episodes uh, is is very heavily Christmas-themed. And that would feel Mm -hmm. very out of place. Except I don't know about Illinois right now, Aurora, but... Uh, it is very white and snowy outside here in in Michigan, so oh yeah, it, it, no, it's cloudy. It's cloudy and rainy here. Oh my god, really? Do you guys have any snow? We had some snow, okay. but it just melted. It melted. Oh okay, yeah. We 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 didn't have any on Christmas for the record. There was no snow mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. There was no snow on Christmas. It looked like. It looked like spring was about to sprung like any day yeah. outside on yeah. Christmas, and that is. Very depressing. That is not how Christmas yep. is supposed to be. Well, today, as we're recording this, it looks much more like Christmas, so I won't feel super weird talking about the Christmassy episode. Um, but that's episode three. Let's start with episode one. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? So, uh, of course, if you're unfamiliar with what if, I don't know what you're doing here, you should go watch the first season of the show and our podcast companion episodes discussing it. But it is an animated show where we explore other timelines in the uh, in the MCU. Uh, where Beautifully animated, by the way. Gorgeous animation. Yeah. Gorgeous. Really yes. fantastic. And I really liked uh, the... I mean, the art style is kind of the same throughout, but I really like how it was applied in this episode. So, Mm -hmm. 
In another universe, Nova Prime recruits Nebula to join the Nova Corps following Ronan the Accuser's successful coup against Thanos. Five years later, after Xandar is sealed off from the universe to protect itself from Ronan's forces, Nebula discovers Yandu Udanta's body and receives orders from Nova Prime to investigate his murder. She learns that Yandu located the codes to open the planetary shield and enlists Cree uh, soldier Yonrog. Now, some of some people might not remember Yonrog, but mm-hmm. he was one of the protagonists in the Captain Marvel movie, played by Jude Law, uh, to infiltrate the Nova Corps mainframe in order to destroy them. Yonrog, of course, betrays uh, Nebula and reveals that he and Nova Prime plan to give up Xandar to Ronan. Nebula survives an execution attempt by Nova Prime's men, subsequently enlisting casino owner Howard the Duck and his subordinates <laughs> Groot, Meek, and Korg. What a group to stop Nova yep. Prime. During their fight, Nebula reveals that she realized Nova Prime's de- uh, defection when she assigned her mission de- um, when she assigned her the mission in the first place. So she altered the code so that the shield would close again just as Ronan's ship, mm-hmm. the Dark Aster, was entering Xandar's atmosphere, destroying it and killing Ronan. Nova Prime tries to escape, but falls to her death. The shield reopens as Nebula prepares to continue defending Xandar. Uh, this episode, by the way, featured quite the cast list of people returning yes. to play their... Uh, to play their roles. Their role. Uh, so we did have Fred Tadisior as Groot. So not Vin Diesel. Uh, mm-hmm. But we did have Peter Serafinowicz coming back to play Garth and Saul, who he played in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of like that snotty British Nova Corps right. officer. Uh, Taika Waititi returned to play Korg. Seth Green uh, to play Howard the Duck. Rooker as a Yondu, Jude Law was in this as Yonrog, which was very surprising to me. And, uh, of course, Karen Gillan as Nebula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aurora, did that awaken any memories it in did. your brain? It did. Okay. Yes. Thoughts on episode one? I liked it. I think, I don't know if this is like the episode I would have started with. Same. Yeah. Right. Um, just because I'm thinking like first season, what if? Mm-hmm. Um, like this one, I was expecting an episode that would be more, I don't know, vibrant. <laughs> Is that the yeah. word I'm looking for? Um, this one was very dark and uh, rainy. And I know like that's the mood they were going with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked it, but not as the first episode. Yeah. It had a very yeah. like cyberpunk feel to it, which it I did. liked. It did. It made me actually. Yes. It made me want to watch the animated Cyberpunk 2077 show on Netflix that people keep saying is really good. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, I know, right? And people, well, yeah. people are also saying the game is really good now. So now I want to go play that. But that being said, I thought the look. Obviously, the the animation stays the same throughout the show, but the way it was incorporated yeah. here, um, I to me the premise sounded kind of boring. But the look right. and feel of everything kind of really worked yeah. for me. It's like, oh, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing like a like a cop show. Like Oh, a hundred percent. It's set in yeah. set in this sort of but I agree with you hundred percent. This I, I think I would have started maybe with the second episode first. 
Right, right. Just because yes. episodes two and three are kind of Avengers heavy. So yeah. maybe separate that and start off with something a little bit stronger. Like, I didn't hate this episode. No, no, no. But it felt like sort of a weird start to the season. Right. Like, this right. didn't get me right. pumped up to watch more episodes. I was just like, oh, this right. was, this is like a good episode six or five. <laughs> like, right. It would have the- exactly like a four or five, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I did like, I, I can totally see Nebula in a role like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really interesting that, you know, she, she started as a villain in the, in this, you know, universe and eventually turned into kind of like a good person. I mean, her, Um, her arc always seems to be that Nebula is, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, (laughs) like as a person, She's always, I, I mean, obviously, like, so much of who she used to be has been taken away, and she's mostly cybernetic at this point, right. and she's sort of cold and robotic in that sense. Right. But who right. she is as a person deep down is still in there, and um, on the on the sacred timeline, we see the same sort of arc for her uh, in that the good person she really is comes out whenever she finds people who just believe in her. Like Thanos never always, she was always the second daughter. She was always the, the failure. She was never as good as Gamora. And even though Gamora was a supportive sister, like she always sought that recognition from a parental figure. And whenever she finds that, or she finds a new family and they just accept her for who she is. And they, they believe in her and her capabilities. She always turns the, like turns things around and like, you see the yeah. good person in there. And that's the same story here with her, with Nova prime. Um, right. yeah, same situation. I like that about, yeah, about her characterization here. Um, yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on episode one and, uh, what would you give it? Um, I gave it a four. I liked it, like I said. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I I don't know if it was a good first episode, but it yeah. was a good episode. Mm, I gave it a very sturdy three and a half. I liked it. Okay. Um, felt like a weird season opener, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Number two is, episode two, is what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? So, in 1988, in another timeline, the Ravagers take Peter Quill to Ego instead of Yondu keeping him for himself and raising him Mm -hmm. as a surrogate son. And Ego urges him to help his expansion across the universe. Six months later, after ravaging several worlds, Quill returns to Earth. In response, Peggy Carter and Howard Stark recruit Bill Foster. Now, some people might not remember Bill Foster, because that character, played by Lawrence Fishburne, was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, very famously was helping out Ghost, I believe, was her her name. The, the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And he and uh, Scott Lang got into this talk about how he used to... How he used to be able to become like giant man or whatever. So he's right, giant man right. in this. Um, so they recruit him, Bill Foster, King Ch- uh, T'Chaka of Wakanda, Bucky Barnes mm-hmm. and Dr. Wendy Lawson, who um, people might also not remember from Captain Marvel, but she was Marvel 
uh, mm-hmm. the Cree, and uh, a reluctant also Hank Pym, who brings his daughter Hope Van Dyne along. After a scuffle on Coney Island, the team detains Quill with help from Thor. As the team discusses their next move, Van Dyne frees Quill, who travels to Missouri. As T'Chaka, Foster, and Thor aid Carter's forces in holding back Ego, Pym and Lawson encounter Quill visiting his mother's grave. A sympathetic Pym convinces him to stand against his father. Bucky, under the influence of his manipulators, prepares to assassinate Quill until Howard reminds him of his best friend Steve Rogers. As Ego overwhelms the heroes and attempts to obtain the seed, uh, Pym and Quill arrive in time to stop him, with the latter using the seed to destroy Ego's avatar. The team, minus Barnes, celebrates their victory before setting out to confront Ego himself. What did you think of episode two? I love this episode. Um, I thought it was a I, lot of fun. I, you know, you talked about in the first episode, like uh, so many people came to do their voices. In this one, mm-hmm. like everybody was there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, we had uh, Michael, Doug- uh, Michael Douglas yes. as Hank Pym, as he's done a few times. Haley Atwell as Peggy. Uh-huh. John Slattery as Howard Stark. Kurt Russell as Ego. Yes. That surprised me. Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster, Goliath. Yeah. Sebastian Stan as Bucky. Uh-huh. Uh, was this the same guy, uh, Atandwa Kanai, who played T'Chaka in the first Black That I don't movie? know. That I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and obviously we had uh, Madeline McGraw as Hope Van Dyne. We wouldn't, you know, because right. she was playing the younger version, but... Um, and yeah. obviously, we had Mace Montgomery Miskell as Peter Quill because, you know, we don't have the. I think the. I don't. I can't. Oh, why is it? Why can't I remember who played Marvel in Captain yeah, Marvel? She's a very famous actress, and she didn't yeah, do her yeah, voice yeah. here. Uh, but almost everybody did their voice. Yeah, yeah, and I felt this episode. On top of that, I liked it. This episode made me feel like a super nerd mm-hmm. because my poor, poor husband, who is <laughs> clueless about anything Marvel, yeah, he was watching it with me and he was like, wait, what? Who is this Ant-Man? And I was like, no, no, no. Let me explain to you <laughs> who this is. And I was like, no, that's Wasp as when she was little. And I was like explaining all these details. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a nerd. Yep. <laughs> Such is our um, role. That's why we podcast about it, Aurora. Um, but I loved seeing all these people that you've seen as um, parents in uh, newer movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like seeing these people back in time. Mm-hmm doing these things that you have only heard of in the movies. Right. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool. I liked the 80s setting. Uh, yeah. It, it makes sense that mm-hmm. um, you could you could sort of do... It makes... The whole thing really makes sense. Like, Peter... Like, he's not in on this whole thing. Like, Ego kind of can control him a little bit right. because they... He's his son and they share this energy together. But... Yeah, he doesn't want to destroy Earth. He just wanted to go home. That's all he right. really wanted to do in the first place. And that short little story, I sort of I sort of really liked all of that. And you had yeah. Hank who had just lost his wife and uh-huh. he sort of takes on mm-hmm. Peter as sort of a surrogate son 
And I like that little, that relationship between Peter and Hope. I thought right, all of right. that stuff was really sweet. And like, um, I like all the little things that sort of set it up to like make yeah, Peter yeah. not the Peter we know from the movies, like giving him to ego right away. And the, one of the first things ego does is destroy his Walkman or whatever. Right. And it's like, right. that's his whole thing. And then hope yeah. sort of reintroduces it to him afterwards. Um, all of those little tiny things, they really accomplished a lot in like this little 38 minute episode, but I really enjoyed this again. This would have been a perfect first episode. Perfect first episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun and it was, it's always fun to see alternate Avengers and I'm very, right. I'm very excited to see, there's an episode, um, there's, I don't know if it's going to be on next week's podcast or the week after. But there is an Avengers episode where the title has me so intrigued and excited to see it. Just, mm. it sounds so weird to me. Uh, <laughs> but I can't wait. I can't wait to get to it. But I sort of love these these alternate takes on this. And it was yeah. really interesting. I didn't expect to see Goliath, Bill, Bill Foster, on this team. Yeah. But it makes sense. The timeline-wise, it makes it makes sense. Uh, getting T'Chaka and it was great to have Thor because of course Thor would be essentially ageless but I do like that he was a little more I do like that he was a little more Thor 1 Thor yeah 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 he was a little more Shakespearean Thor than he was uh, than he would have been otherwise I really liked all of those those yeah that's how I that's another thing I did with my my nerd card came out because my husband was like well if all these people are older like why is Thor there and I was like well he's a god yeah, he's Asgardian. <laughs> he doesn't age the same way that you and I do. <laughs> Duh. I, I, ha- I have to say that I really liked, it's a sp- very specific detail in this episode, but I loved when Ego mm-hmm. has this like army of like claw, uh, it's like clay soldiers that are like him. Mm-hmm. Is it like clay or like dirt soldiers? Rock, that are yeah, like him? something. It looked so amazing, it, like the animation of it. I yeah. was like, oh my God, that's crazy. That's great. Yeah. There's always some like there's always at least one great animation moment yeah. per episode. And yeah, I absolutely I, I mean that scene was sort of set up as like given something for the heroes to fight off or whatever, because I feel like Ego right. could have probably um spent more energy to just wipe them out himself, but that wouldn't oh, have been 100%. a fun episode. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have made for a fun episode. Yeah. I mean, and his name is Ego for a reason. Yes. He does, you know, he was just like, this is going to be easy. I'm not even going right. to waste my time trying to beat the Biggest, them. biggest narcissist in the universe. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, okay, so any final thoughts? And uh, what would you give episode two? I gave this one a four and a half. Ooh, I, okay. It was great. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. All right. I gave this episode a four and a quarter. Okay. So I also really liked this episode. And yeah, I... I'm more excited for Avengers-themed episodes. Well, luckily, we sort of got one right after this. Uh, Episode three is What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas? And this was a lot more fun as well. Uh, There was some Avengering in it, but not Mm -hmm. a bunch. So, 
on Christmas Eve, Happy Hogan is assigned to oversee security at Avengers Tower for an annual holiday party until Justin Hammer and his henchmen, Sergey and Rusty, break out of prison and assault the tower for Tony Stark's technology and a sample of Bruce Banner's blood. While attempting to save the blood sample, Happy is accidentally injected with it, causing him to gradually transform into a Hulk-like monster while retaining his intelligence. With the Avengers busy and Stark's AI Jarvis inactive, Happy Hogan contacts Darcy Lewis, who tries to find a new AI to reboot the tower systems. However, she is taken hostage by Hammer's group, who hijack the Iron Legion and Stark's Hulkbuster armor. Once his transformation is complete, Hogan destroys the Legion and defeats Hammer. While Hammer is taken back into custody, the Avengers return, praise Happy Hogan for his efforts, and resume their Christmas party. So this... Uh, episode features John Favreau returning as mm-hmm. Happy Hogan, aka the Freak, which I did not realize was the name <laughs> of his Hulk version. Cat uh, Dennings returned uh, yeah. recent, recently married to Andrew WK. Cat Dennings returned mm-hmm. to play Darcy Lewis. Kobe Smulders returned to play Maria Hill. Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. as Justin Hammer. Chris Hemsworth again as Thor. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce. Yeah. Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye, and uh, then we've had the uh, the other stand-ins that we have had in uh, going on, um, like in the other episodes of of What If and Trevor Downey Jr. too, right? He no, was- no, no. This was uh, this was Mick Ring- uh, uh, Wingert, who has played him in the other What Ifs as well he just oh does my a, god he said like the exact same voice he just does a great robert downey jr yeah um, whoa i thought he was robert downey jr. <laughs> no i guess that's he'll i guess you should take that as a very high compliment uh wow. lake bell as natasha romanoff she played her in the last season as well mm-hmm. um josh keaton is steve rogers captain america i see and uh ross marquand as werner or Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R, the other AI. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The first thing I want to talk about in this episode, uh, more than anything else, is how awesome they nailed Justin Hammer in this. <laughs> like, the first <laughs> shot we get of Justin Hammer is him, like, dancing at, like, the Stark Expo from, like, Iron Man 2, and then his first introduction here is, like, him also... Like, he dances multiple times in this episode, (laughs) and it is always funny to me as, like, the guy who is just, like, so cool in his own mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I want to see how he sees himself in his mind. Uh, (laughs) Like, I want to see what that looks like. and Like, Like Eno, probably. Probably. (laughs) But he's so great. (laughs) And so quippy. Um, so this this whole episode is completely modeled after Die Hard, a hundred percent. You know, Justin Hammer is just um, that guy whose name I can't remember. Professor Snape, just like Professor Snape in Die Hard. Um, <laughs> I can't. I don't remember. I I can't I remember, remember poor Alan. Either. I can't remember Alan Rickman's character in in Die Hard. But yeah. Me um, 
instead of Nakatomi Tower, Tamagotchi Tower, I don't remember the name of the tower. (laughs) I've only seen this movie twice in my life. I I wanted it to be Tamagotchi Tower. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen this movie twice in my life, never on Christmas, because it's not a Christmas movie. Don't at me. Oh, Um, I was going to ask you if you were in the camp of diehard christmas movie versus not christmas movie so no yeah my 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 standard for christmas movie is it's gotta it's gotta have like um it's it's gotta have like christmas the christmas like christmas elements in it as part of the story or it has to have some sort of like wholesome family christmasy theme to the story um, to me, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie because you could place the movie on any other holiday and it doesn't change the story yeah. of the movie of terrorists trying to take over, a, you know, uh, granted, some people have noted, like most people have Christmas parties at work, but few people have any other kind of party at work. So I, mm, I could sort of buy it a little bit, but to me, like <laughs> a rampage rescue revenge terrorist plot isn't like. That doesn't exude Christmas. To I me. mean, this this episode what they did right, uh, opposite to Die Hard, I think, is that they had a lot of Christmas puns and one liners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought, um, like, I wouldn't watch this and think it was a Christmas episode. I would watch it and okay. think that it is an episode, uh, like it is a story that takes place during Christmas, just like Iron Man yeah. three. Um, yeah. Yeah. It takes place I during love, I Christmas. love that the episode starts with them putting like a Santa hat on the A. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and there are so many. I mean, Darcy gets so many lines. She's always funny. She's um, always funny, yeah. There's just a lot of great stuff in here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even remember the one line. There's one line she got where um, Hammer was like threatening her or something. And she's like, but I'm so cute. I think it was like her defense. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but yeah, what did you th- what did you think of episode three? I liked I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that it was like a diehard knockoff. Yeah. I mean it was perfect. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. And yeah. when I when I saw like the title, I was like, what is this about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Um, yeah. but I really liked it. And I immediately got it when uh, Hammer comes in. I was like, oh, this is going to be a Die Hard episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I, I really liked it. It was good. I love the tiny, there's tiny little nods or jokes in there that I really love. Mm-hmm. I really love that when you try to get a hold of Natasha, um, she was in this situation where. There's a gun point. <laughs> there's a gun pointed, but like she's in a costume. The other person's in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some sort yeah. of thing like that's how we meet I, her. I in saw, the first I saw that. I saw that. And I was like, I want to know what that's about. Right. I want to know that story. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a great callback to the first Avengers movie when they call her and she's being interrogated. Right. But right. On, right. And she's like in a cocktail dress and all these other guys. Yeah. But she's being interrogated because she put herself in that situation so she could get close mm-hmm. to the people she needed to and then escapes easily and kicks their butts. I thought that was just a great yep. callback that like at any given time, if you call Natasha Romanoff, she could just be in a situation like this and still takes the call to be like, yep. I'm kind of yep. busy right now. Um I thought that stuff was great. Just a lot of it was just fun. Um, this episode aired the uh, this episode aired on Christmas Eve, so uh-huh. this would have been a really fun 
like little Christmas episode, I think, mm-hmm. to celebrate mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate with. It was it was fairly lighthearted and funny. Uh, I really so that means it. that the creators of What If think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Maybe. <laughs> but there's an episode. I mean, the next episode that we're going to review next week aired on Christmas Day, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be Christmassy at all. So, oh, all right. Yeah, I, I know. Super weird. <laughs> but uh, anyway, any final thoughts on episode three? And what would you give it? I gave this one a four and a half, too. Okay. Yeah. I uh, liked it a lot. I gave this one a four. I enjoyed this okay. quite a bit. And yeah, even though I wouldn't call it a Christmas episode... Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, this would be fine to watch on on Christmas Eve, I suppose. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong. And people can watch Die Hard on Christmas if they want. I just don't think it's a Christmas movie. Like, I'm an old softy Aurora, and I just watch, <laughs> I just watch, like, the classic, the classic, classic Christmas movies. Um, some of them are much, much older than I am. And a couple of them are probably older than my parents. So, uh, <laughs> I just watch classic Christmas movies around Christmas time usually, but yeah, yeah. that being said, I won't begrudge people their, their die hard. If it really makes them happy on Christmas, um, it's just not for me, but I thought this was a really fun homage to that movie. And it's perfect to have like happy Hogan be sort of like the blue collar person in the, uh, the Avengers family, I guess, yeah. taking the place of John McClane. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I just thought about the... I'm, I'm going to give the What If producers, uh, run writers, an idea. Oh, okay. I think that they should do an episode of What If where it's like a Home Alone. Oh, my goodness. But it's Groot. <laughs> <laughs> like Baby Groot? I'm here for like that. Like Baby Groot or, or Teen Groot, whichever. Yeah. Um, maybe like, I don't know, protecting the... the ship or something yeah i'm here for that <laughs> let's do that that'd yes. be fun i'm here for that completely okay um all right everybody that's the podcast for this week uh in the meantime uh writers and producers of what if stew on that for season three um or if you just want to do i a, want some i want some sort of compensation oh yeah yeah of Please. course <laughs> Absolutely, you should be getting a check for that. 100%. I agree. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. Uh, of course, this is a listener-supported podcast, and there are some ways to help out there if you would so choose. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com. The links for those are in the show notes for this episode, too. Um, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. and hit subscribe, and that way you can join us next week where we will talk about three more what if episodes what if iron man crashed into the grand master what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper and what if kahori reshaped the world <laughs>